Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Goodness. <clears throat> well, Heidi, hi, ladies and gentlemen. It is back. I didn't say it wouldn't be back. Many of you are going to see this as a controversial move. You're going to say, I thought that was the end. I thought you were never coming back. You made it out that you were never coming back, Steve. I never said I wasn't coming back. And to be honest with you, I was very honest about what was going to happen. I didn't know. <laughs> But here I am. You hear this voice again. A lot of you didn't think you were going to hear this voice again in this context. As you can hear, the voice is a little bit... <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, apparently, the doctor says, there's other viruses going around other than COVID-19. Would you believe that? That the world got on with it? That there wasn't a lockdown for the other viruses? Can you imagine? Here we are. What a couple of years it has been. I don't. I didn't actually check before the, the recording of this, but I didn't check the time um, of the last episode. Um, I probably, maybe I should have, maybe I shouldn't have. If I remember correctly, I think it was August or September of 2020, um, which we were in the height of the pandemic. I think it was, com- was that coming to the end of the first lockdown, kind of? I don't know. Uh, and the last episode I did with Jenna, yeah, things pardon me things had loosened up because i remember jenna came around to the house um to do the episode and oh you forget it all don't you i remember maybe i haven't even seen jenna since then she came over and we were still social distancing in the house and she was wearing a mask when the microphone wasn't on and madness what we've been through in the last couple of years it's mental and i've got lots of messages from you guys in the past while and i'm very grateful for those messages i love keeping in touch with everybody um and where my life went after that was I went to school, as a lot of you know. If you're a first-time listener to the podcast, there's 94 previous episodes of Hello Steve-O podcast where we had interviews, uh, lots of interviews. We had just hangs with myself and Jenna. We had um, kind of documentary-style shows done. We had music, all sorts of stuff. So feel free to flick through the back catalogue. There's loads of great stuff there. But we did have... A great time doing it but then the opportunity for me came up to go to college and I felt it was really hard for me to be honest with you 
I found it hard because I started a podcast because I'm a stand-up comedian. And I wanted to have to make something where I could keep in contact with the fans, with the people who came and watched me do stand-up comedy. And I kept continuously making this podcast, which I did really enjoy. And I, and I know, because a lot of you sent me emails and letters and, and lovely messages on Instagram and stuff like that, that it kept you guys going through the pandemic as well. That it kept you happy and all that kind of stuff. But I realized that I was becoming less and less happy because the whole reason for why I started doing the podcast was gone. And maybe I hadn't really dealt with that. It's too hard to deal with. It was too abstract an idea to kind of go, stand-up comedy is never coming back again. Or there was constantly gigs being pushed back. They were pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. And then you kind of go, this is never ending. This pushback is never going to stop. And I needed something else. And it was just on a whim, honestly, on a whim. For those of you who don't know, lots of you already do know. I applied to get onto this, this program, which is for people who didn't finish secondary school or who never did university before, or mature students who'd never done university before. And I didn't finish secondary school because, as you can imagine, I was a bit of a fucking idiot. But I signed up to the Trinity Access program, which is to get into Trinity College in Dublin. If you do, are not aware of this college, it's one of the most prestigious colleges, that's not a college, universities in the world. The English Literature Department is actually 25th best English Literature Department in the world. The Philosophy Department is in the top 100. And so the Trinity Access Program is where they they give you a year and they teach you what it's like to be in university while you're studying university subjects. So you can decide which one you might want to go on and study um, while you are uh, doing the Trinity Access Programme. So you kind of do a range of different subjects. I did like uh, English literature, philosophy, psychology, history, statistics. Well, statistics was like... If there's a dyslexia for maths, I have it. Jesus, I do not like it. I actually got into it. And fair play to uh, to Breed, who... I think, Breed, who... Uh, taught us on the course because she knew it was hard like I had to do like we all had to do the grinds and statistics was a pain in the arse but then it even now it helps us to read statistics like when statistics come out in the news I don't just believe it straight away because I need to know well what was the what was the sample grouping of that statistics you know when they say stuff like uh, 30 31% of people surveyed are uh, really unhappy at working from home and they wish they were in the office place and you kind of have to go now I go sorry what was the of 31% of what sample how many people did you, you, they could have asked five people that, and it was five people who were working at home and they lived a million miles away from their work. So of course, well, no, that's not a bad, good example. A good example would be, I don't know, somebody who lived next door and they had a great office and there's loads of free food there in their office and they loved it, but then they're being forced to work at home. So obviously they're not going to be happy to not be working in the office because they'd rather work in the office than be at home because they have all those beautiful perks. So if you're, if you're surveying those people, you need to know that information, you know, as to where the statistics came from. So I learned stuff like that in statistics class. But the whole idea of the Trinity Access Program is you study all these courses and then you can get into Trinity College to do a, a Bachelor of Arts in, in one of those subjects or there's some other options at different subjects as well. But you have to get good marks. You have to get good marks. You have to be a little bit of a swash. And was Stephen a little bit of a swat? Yes, he was, because there was nothing else to do. I loved it. I loved it. 
I loved having something that just gave me structure to my day. Because the podcast did give me that. Don't get me wrong, but it's very lonely. Because I was just doing it on my own. And I was getting messages from you guys saying that you loved it and all. It was great, but essentially, I'm just there on my own every day, sitting there, recording, talking to myself, then editing, and then putting it online, and then I get a message on Instagram saying, thanks, that was great. I'm like, oh, I need to talk to somebody. Love me. I just needed the the interaction. That's what I was missing with stand-up comedy. And I couldn't talk about stand-up comedy. My agent used to call me and go, you know, are you missing it? I'm like, I can't talk about that. I cannot talk about it. It's too stressful. It's too... I wrote about it in the Irish Times. I wrote a piece in the Irish Times about I used to be a stand-up comedian. Now, lots of people, then when comedy opened back up again, were like, I thought you gave up. I didn't give up. And if you read the article, you would know I didn't give up. It was just me being honest about the fact that it was a tricky situation to be in. And it was too hurtful to think about gigging or writing shows or trying to write more stand-up comedy. It was just... Pardon me, another burp. I just had a chipotle chicken toasty. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't do it on the mic, but... So that's what's making me burp anyway. But, oh, wow. See, I forgot my train of thought there, and that's why, you know, that's another thing that's happening in my life. I'm going through the old diagnosis for the ADHD. Anyway, that's another conversation, but what was I, was I talking about before that? Oh, yeah, people thought that I gave up stand-up comedy. I never said I was giving it up. I clearly was saying in that article, it's too hurtful to talk about it. It's heartbreaking. It is like having broken up with somebody that you once loved and people asking you, do you miss that person? Don't fucking ask me that question. It's too hurtful to deal with. Of course I miss stand-up comedy. But I couldn't admit it to myself, so maybe it's what a lot of men do, or maybe it's what a lot of people do in general. You just something that's hurt you. You'd rather not think about it, you know. And I and I didn't want to think about it, so I just kind of carried on. And then once the Trinity Access program came along, and I was doing well at it, I get I had a sense of hey, I'm good at something. I can do something else. And especially with academia, because I had a chip on my shoulder for academia for all my adult life that I felt like a flunk, like a flop out because I didn't finish school. But the reality as to why I didn't finish school is that there are a myriad of external circumstances as to why I did not finish school. Loads of them. Loads of personal issues going on with me personally. Loads of family issues. Loads of... um, uh, uh, social issues going on. I had a tough few years before I was coming to the end of of secondary school, so it isn't. It's it. It makes complete sense that I wasn't able to go and do the the leaving cert. I failed the junior cert, but again, you know, I laugh at it now, and I was messing at the time. I mean, I literally, I'd find out what the limit was for how long you had to sit in the exam, and then once the 30 minutes was up, say an exam took two hours, you can't leave before 30 minutes. I go 30 minutes. See you later. Bye having just filled out my fo- my name on the page. I didn't do a tap in the junior cert. And um, so going back to ac- academia was something that I never thought I would do, but I, I sit here now and say, it's one of the best things I ever did in my life. It's given me confidence on a different level. It's given me confidence in my brain. I, I never thought I was stupid, but I just didn't think that I was seen as intelligent in certain aspects of life. But well, now I know. It gave me the confidence in learning how to write assignments for college, getting the distinctions that I was getting, and then to be able to have this idea, write an article, and a national newspaper then printing it, going, hey, I'm not that fucking stupid at all. I can write. I've got things to say. 
it gave me that confidence and thank you to everybody in Pierce College all my classmates that were there all the tutors that were there as well they were all fantastic it was a great experience I actually loved doing it on Zoom we did the whole thing on Zoom now I know loads of people in class hated that but I, I just did it because I loved it because I wasn't on the road because that's one of the things that I'll talk about it at a later time but being a stand-up comedian it can be bloody lonely at times as well I don't think you guys realise how lonely it can be you're on the road a lot you're like a travelling salesman yes you get the feedback in front of a live audience and you have great crack with the audience but it can be bloody heartbreaking as well so I was delighted to have done the Trinity Access programme and then after that finished summer of 2021 while the lockdown wasn't fully over, things slowly began to open up again. And I still was not thinking about doing gigs. There still wasn't any sign of comedy clubs opening. There still wasn't any sign of people's tour shows opening. And I get a text one day from my agent that says, do you want to do these shows for me? And they were the government sanctioned shows. And because we'd missed out on so much money for a couple of years... The, the fee for the shows were, for what, like doing my normal 20 minutes, half an hour, opening up for, for a bigger act, they were substantially bigger fees because they were trying to support us to get back into our work. And I did my first gig in over, I think it was over a year and a half at that stage. Um, in Limerick, it was an outdoor gig. Uh, it was in the, the milk market in Limerick. And I played football that morning and I tore my calf, which I, I didn't know at the time, but I've torn my calf muscle. I was bloody sore. So I could actually barely walk, which is not ideal when you haven't gigged in a year and a half to be limping on stage. And if any of you listening here to this podcast, if any of you are here listening and you're at that Milk Market show, thank you so much. Because I was opening for Neil Delamere at that show. Lots of you will know Neil. And he announced me. Welcome to the stage, Stephen Mullen. There was a huge cheer and a huge roar, and I got so emotional. And I didn't realize until that moment how much I missed comedy. And I got a frog in my throat. I was trying not to cry. Got up to the microphone, and I was like, sorry, I just got emotional. And they went, oh. And I did, uh, at best, an average job. (laughs) I was forgetting stuff. I was forgetting jokes. I didn't, you know... It takes a while to get the confidence back up there again, you know. But it wasn't too long. And it wasn't too long before I was writing new bits again, writing new new routines. Um, Not particularly specific to lockdowns. Well, one of them was, one routine was, but it started, it's like riding a bike. That's what they say, it's just like riding a bike. So, it's, I've kind of been back now, what are we in? It's, 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 is it nearly a year since then? And there was, it was still a bit stop-starty at that point. And I was still gung-ho for going to Trinity College at that stage. Oh, yeah, I'm forgetting the big part of this story. <laughs> and I was like, I'll do these gigs. But then what was going on in the background the summer of 2021 was I did this audition. And sometimes you do these auditions, and like I've, I've been an actor for many years as well, and you get to a point where you learn how to deal with the rejection of being an actor. So you'll do loads of audition tapes, but as soon as you send it in, you learn to let it go and not think about it again, unless they come back to you and say they want the job, because you'll just break your heart. You can't be wishing too much. I hope I get this job. 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 I hope, I hope, I hope. Please, please pick me, pick me. And then they don't pick you, and it happens again and again and again, and you're just like, well, just... They don't like me because I look like Borat. 
and you just get a chip on your shoulder and it's kind of heartbreaking. It's like getting dumped all the time. That's what being an actor is like. It's like getting dumped every time you do an audition. But I wasn't doing an acting audition. I was doing an audition for what a lot of you will know now is a reality TV show called Love Island Australia. And I didn't think much of it because that's how my brain is trained now. I did the first audition. They wanted to see if I could do the voice and they sent me the script and they sent me some footage and I have to deliver the, the, the audio over the, the script, over the, over the footage. And I do the whole, welcome to Love Island. Do all that. Didn't think anything of it. They came back a few weeks later and they said, could you do that again? Except we're not going to give you the script this time. Can you write the script? And we'll see what, it, what you think of it. And, see, and they'll say what they think of it. And I was thinking, yeah, yeah, I'll do that, yeah. So I did it. Recorded the audio. Wrote some jokes. Made some silly commentary on what was going on. And I didn't think about it. And a couple of weeks went by and I was like, I'd really like to do that. I think that'd be a fun job to do. I want that job. And I started hassling my agent to say, I want that job. Make sure it happens. And to be fair to them, at the very start, they were like, are you going to Trinity College or are you not going to Trinity College? Because I'm messing up the story. I'm saying it backwards and all that stuff. But you had to get really high scores on the Trinity Access Program to get into Trinity Access Program. I got all distinctions. And I'm saying that with pride because, man, did I work for that. Because you're talking to somebody who did, you know, didn't do academia. And so I'm very proud of myself that I was able to do it. I was very proud of myself. All distinctions. Got into Trinity College. Got into English literature and philosophy. Can you imagine a year previous to that in lockdown when I'm doing podcasts with you guys? I have no idea what philosophy is. I had no idea that it's even a subject. And here I am being offered a place in the 25th best English literature department in the world and philosophy as well. And philosophy, I think, was my favorite subject. I fucking love it. So, I got uh, offered that place, and then I do an audition. Before the audition for Love, the first audition for Love Island, the agents were like, are you going to Trinity, or are you going to do comedy part-time? Or I was like, I, I don't know. And they were like, well, do you want to do this audition? And I was like, ah, yeah, fuck it, sure. If I get it, I'll go to Trinity another time. <laughs> and they were like, you're gas. Did the first one, did the second one with the jokes, and then it was a waiting game, and I decided I wanted that job, and I started hunting them and saying, I want that job. And, well, as you all know, I got offered the job. It was a tough secret to keep. It was a tough secret to keep on many levels because we didn't know what way it was going to work out, how we were going to make it happen. Australia was on a severe lockdown. The borders were closed. Citizens of Australia were not allowed in and out of the country. So it was a difficult time. I couldn't talk about it. And I couldn't even talk about it to my close friends and family. I was a top, top, top secret up until I think a week before we started working on the show. And it was difficult to negotiate all the logistics of how exactly we were going to do it. But we did it. We got there and I worked on that show for six weeks. And I made the really difficult decision to... And it was difficult, and uh, I got emotional about it because I had worked so hard on the Trinity Access program. But I, th- I think I had to come to a place as well where I had to say I've also worked my ass off at comedy for many years. And the only reason I w- ended up doing the Trinity Access program is because my work was taken away from me. So 
I took the Love Island job because it was a comedy job. They wanted a comedian to do it. Uh, I got to work with other comedy writers and it was an amazing experience for me to work on a TV production, to work on such a massive production where they're turning over like a show every 24 hours. Like it's a, it's some operation, like it's seriously impressive at how they do it. And had I watched the show before? Of course I hadn't. But man, did I get into it. I still talked to some of the contestants on the show and it was an amazing experience. And it made me go to be happy to be getting that opportunity again. But I'm also at that age where, you know, it, it, is, it, it was what it was and I really, really enjoyed do it, doing it and uh, I would hope to do it again. And um, it also gave me great opportunity. I was very thankful to get that job and it gave me the time to be able to uh, set myself up in, in comedy again and it bought me some time and it was, it was great. It was an amazing experience. And... While all this is going on, as I'm doing Love Island, one of the things that is going on in the back of my head is I'm going to go back on the podcast. I'm going to bring it back. And uh, and I'm going to work my ass off a of stand-up comedy again now that it's back. And although, look at another pandemic could happen again and it could be taken away from us again, but I've learned to be grateful for it, you know? Be grateful to be able to do stand-up comedy. Be grateful to have ideas and to be able to go up and put them on stage and, and act them out. And it's been joyous since I've come back. Um, and I've just been... The reason why Hello Steve podcast has not come back earlier is because I've too, been too busy at stand-up. I've been too busy. I've just finished uh, uh, this section of Des Bishop's tour, uh, Me and Mama, brilliant show. Those of you guys who have seen it... Um, uh, will, will concur with me, an absolutely fantastic show. But I got to go and meet all the audiences all over Ireland. I got back before Christmas. I was over in London, gigging over there again. And uh, and as a lot of you know on Instagram as well, my new show will be coming out at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. It'll be, I'll be bringing it uh, there first, and then I will tour that uh, next year as well. So my new hour is in the works as well. And so I'm just massively busy in a, in a great way. And... Uh, so I had never given up stand-up comedy, but there was there's still like this emotional internal battle going on, which you guys, everybody has. Just because it's comedy doesn't mean it's any different. We all have these. These are massive life decisions, you know. To turn down Trinity College was a big deal for me, but Love Island was a huge opportunity for me to do to do something that like it's not often you get to be the narrator of a massive TV show and to write jokes for it. And like a million people watch that every night. What a cool thing to be a part of. Learned so much from the people on the show. And shout out to all those guys in production. You know who you are. It was a joy working with you. It was difficult because it was challenging because I had to do the whole thing from Ireland. So I never got to go to Australia. And I was working nights. And man, it's working nights crazy. It was difficult because for a week beforehand, I got myself into the mode of, um, okay, it's trying to switch over my hours because I had to work on Australia hours. Um, so like a shift would start at 11 p.m. and start at 9 a.m. or something like basically through the night whatever it was um, and yeah working nights is difficult I don't know how all the guards and nurses do it you're amazing because you naturally get tired even though I've switched over my sleeping hours I sleep, it's hard to sleep during the daytime and it's hard to stay awake at night and I was doing it for six weeks or whatever it was and it was still hard to do it was still hard to get into the routine of it it was bloody nuts mental so um it was a great experience. It was hard to turn down Trinity. I kind of have applied to do Trinity again anyway, uh, but I don't know if I will eventually go uh, and do it. Maybe I will study sometime in my life, but while the work is there, you've got to pursue it. And I'm very lucky. I'm getting lots of opportunities, and I just got to push forward with those things, you know? 
So that's why Hello Steve Podcast has come back. That's why the show is back, and I'm delighted to be back here with you guys. And I sent uh, a message out to you guys recently to the guys who were the regular listeners of Hello Steve Podcast to uh, ask you guys what you'd like me to talk about. I gave you the news first that Hello Steve Podcast was coming back. And I said, What would you guys like to talk to me about? And I got loads of messages, and I'm very thankful for the messages. So thank you very much, guys. Um, so. I, I realize I'm going to pause the um, the recordings here because I've forgotten to have the messages. I'm recording this on my phone. So anyway, I'm going to get the messages up here now. So hold the phone. So thank you to everybody who did send in their messages. Sorry if there's a weird edit here there, but I did have to pause it there. But this is the format that Hello Steve-O podcast is going to take on for now. It's just going to be me and you guys. And uh, I'm just going to talk about subjects that make me laugh. I'm just, I just want to be the friend in your ear who on a Monday morning when you're going to work, you're like, fuck this world, or I shagged this bloody job or whatever it is. Then I'm just the guy in your ear going, how are you? I wouldn't be taking any of that too seriously, by the way. Let's just have a bit of crack along the way. Excuse you, you dirty burper. So I started messaging a few of the, the regular listeners of Hello Steve podcast, and uh, I got some lovely messages in, and I thought I would start with this one. And that's what, uh, guys, if you've really enjoyed this, I really appreciate you sending your messages, and I want to do way more of this. The format of the show is me going to chat about a few things, just chat about whatever's on my mind, keeping you entertained, trying to make you laugh, trying to keep it fun, and... um. And also taking some of your voice notes, some of your emails, some of your messages. So, as you know, the Instagram handle has actually changed since I was doing Hello Steve podcast last. It's not at Hello Steve anymore, it's the Stephen Mullen. So, um, send me your Instagram messages um, if you want, or I'm going to set, I'll set up the Hello Steve podcast email again, Hello Steve podcast at gmail.com. You can send an email in there as well. Um, but I'll be looking after your messages, your letters, and all that kind of stuff as well and that's what we're going to do as part of this show um, and also all your feedback is very much welcome we got the first message here is from Don, which i think this is a really interesting one because i was going to start talking about this on stage anyway recently um so donald says hello steve why do we sometimes as married people envy our single friends without kids and then also feel sorry for single friends who don't have the support you get with having a loving partner who has your back. So there's two questions. That's interesting. So one, on one hand, we envy our friends who don't have kids. And on the other hand, we feel sorry for them. I have a couple of friends, male and female, singles at the moment. You should hook them up together. Well, maybe they don't want to. I'm sure you've tried that, Don. I have a couple of male, a couple of friends, male and female, singles at the moment, and when we're all together, I feel sorry for them when the conversation turns to kids and all that goes with it. Is it just our nature to look at others and think, oh, I'd love to be like them? Personally, I've never been happier. Kids have given me a real sense of purpose, and that's not true for everyone. You may already have this subject covered, but just throwing it out there. I wanted to talk about... I mean, thank you so much for the for the message, Donald. And you're right about a, a, a lot of that stuff there. Um, I, I I personally am wary of having conversations with people 
and um, when they don't have kids about speaking about my kid too much but i have found now i might get loads of messages about this but i have found that my relationships my friendships that i've had with people who um who i've been friends with since before i have a kid that hasn't changed and I think that's really important as well. I think there's definitely an issue uh, in, out there in the world where people change when they become married or people change um, when they have kids. And then, therefore, the relationships, the friendships with the other people change. Um, that you, and, and they shouldn't. I, I, I don't think they should. I'm not saying that I'm great, you know, because my relationships haven't changed. I just treat you the same whether you have kids or not. No. And don't get me wrong, there's plenty of parents out there that even as me, as a person who has a kid, are a pain in the hole. They're a pain in the hole going on about their kids, how, how great their kids are. Now, I try not to be that person, and it's hard because you're proud of your child, but, you know, I think I'm pretty open about how my child can be a pain in the ass. Of course she can. But I'm not going to really, I don't really make it a thing to talk with my friends um, about my child especially my friends that don't have kids so i'm kind of just wary about that you know i just kind of if it comes up comes up in conversation then i'll talk about it but i'm not going to start off a conversation about um uh talking about my kid because my friendship with them is not based on that i think that's a good note for all friendships that you have you should take your friend for where they're at at that moment in time as opposed to trying to um manipulate the friendship in any way i mean that happens in relationships all the time doesn't it People, you, you like somebody, but the, you like the potential of them, and therefore you try to coerce them into what it is that you want them to be for your relationship, and that just ends in disaster, and you're not actually loving them, you're not actually caring for them, because you're not accepting where they're at in their lives. Maybe that's what love is, you know, but that's a difficult thing to do. I don't know about my child's mother, if she talks about her child to her friends a lot, but I think maybe they do because she has a circle group of mothers in the area that she lives in. And, you know, um, but I actually don't think even on that level, even though there's kids running around mental, making mayhem the whole time, and they're usually over in my house, which is why I'm glad to have an office. That's not in the house. <laughs> but if usually... I, I do come out, eavesdrop on their conversations and they hear, oh, they're not talking about having kids, which is interesting, you know? They're not talking about their kids. They, they, they might be talking about some of the practicalities of it, but they're not going on about it because that's kind of, I don't want to get in trouble for saying this, but that's kind of like their daily work is the kid thing. So they don't really want to talk about that. They talk about other things, um, loads of other things. They organize their girls' nights out or um, other issues that they're having in the world or, you know, Loads of other stuff, you know? So I think rather than any t any feeling sorry for people who are single or don't have kids um, or um, being jealous of people who don't have kids, I think to treat both those scenarios with the same philosophy... See, I've studied philosophy now. If you can treat both those scenarios with the same philosophy of taking the person for where they're at, you should also take yourself for where you're at and get away from any idea of comparing yourself to other people. Get away from any idea of like, I wonder what their life is like or they probably have a better life than me because I have had kids or I got married or blah, blah, blah. 
because let me tell you, I was kept up all night the other night recently with um, issues that I was having in my head about my career. And it's just death. And I know it was. I'm annoyed at myself that I went down that road because I don't really do that. But this whole thing of comparing myself to any other comedian or any other podcaster or any other person who's narrating a TV reality love show um, is pointless. It's a pointless exercise because we're not coming from the same place and we're not the same people. So what's the point of comparing yourself to anybody else, you know? What is the point? It's literally pointless. There is no point. And as I spoke a little bit about earlier on, learning to be grateful for what I have, I find to be a great thing. And when I talk about meeting your friends and connecting with them, with where they're at, we need to do that with ourselves as well. I'm saying this to me as well as anybody else. This has turned into a bit of an advice corner. <laughs> Not that I'm that wise or anything like that. I'm just a goof. But it's just death, man. It's death to kind of go down that road of looking at anybody else and going, I wish I had, or maybe if I... I think the thing in those situations is to kind of go, hmm, I know once I'm comparing myself to other people, it ain't good, and I need to recalibrate... And people who are single, they're, I mean, maybe they're delighted to be single. Maybe they're delighted to not have a family. You know, there's lots of introverts out there who wouldn't survive having a family, who aren't built to be part of that, you know? And I think there's an open-minded element to that where, you know, I learned that myself as well, that, you know, not everybody thinks the way that I think or not everybody gets energy in the way that I get energy. I know for a comedian, I'm, people think that you're really social. I don't like socializing. It just overwhelms my brain. I'm not a big fan of it. So there's, you know, there's lots of ways of doing socializing. And I, 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 like I get energy from being my own most of the time, to be perfectly honest with you. Or in a one-on-one situation with somebody, you know. So plenty of people who are single want to be single. Now, if they're in a situation where they're single and they don't want to be single, I think in that situation it's good to be a good friend to them. And be the best friend that you can be to them. And if that's something that they're struggling with, well, help them talk about that or help to support them in that or get them on Tinder, baby. <laughs> Although Tinder in the country, as a lot of people have been telling me, if you're in a rural area, it can be bloody hard work. But anyway, that's what I think. Don't compare yourself. Don't be jealous of other people, you know? And also, really... If anyone has kids, do you regret them? Some people do. And you shouldn't be made to feel guilty about that. Some people do regret having children. However, would they want to get rid of them? No, I don't think so. And if you do want to get rid of them, well, for the love of the child and for everybody else, please do get rid of them so they can go somewhere where they're loved. Because <laughs> that's all a child needs. But you're not going to regret your children, are you? You know, you're not going to, who they are, you're not going to give them back if you, if you love them. So don't look at single people and go, I wish, I wish, I wish. Don't compare yourself. Compare yourself is the problem there. But don't feel sorry for the people who feel single either. Because number one, I think it's just encourage them, be a good friend to them. And take them for where they are at, you know. Um, 
But you know what? I know that's coming out of a kind place as well. I'm not at all saying for a second that Donald here is thinking of this situation and like he shouldn't he shouldn't be uh, feeling sorry for other people or anything like that. It's kind of a natural worrying thing that we have, but we do have to realize. I think it was Charlize Theron that I heard this before. It's just like she said um she was working with a uh, lot like really like poor people from very deprived areas in South Africa and she was like um they don't need your sympathy sim oh my god symphony sympathy they don't need your sympathy they need your strength they need you to you know they don't they don't need you to worry about them that's no good to anybody they need your strength they need the good things that you have to get them up and going so maybe that's where we'll leave it for today this is what the show is going to be like just a thought for the day or something that's made me laugh for the day or a story to tell you or one of your wonderful emails or one of your lovely messages. I'd love to tackle them on. I'd love to continue to talk to you guys like this. But that's a lovely thought for today is if you can give out anything else in the world, they need your strength. So what is it that you're, how can you be a good friend or how can you be a good office mate to somebody or how could just one little thing you could, honestly, you could change somebody's day, you know? I'm trying to think of Sometimes if it happens to me, you know, <laughs> when my, I came home the other day, I mean, that's the good thing about having a kid. My daughter out of nowhere said, Daddy, you're cute. I love you. That just lifts my day, you know. Now, when she says that, sometimes it doesn't always lift me in the same way. But whatever it was about that moment, she wanted to show me a bit of love and I felt good. And I took that on board and I made it feel good. And that was her being in a strong moment, giving me something good, you know. Do you know what it was? I had to go to the doctor for a chest x-ray. I'm fine. But... She was worried about that. And I say, I came back and I said, that's yeah, fine, it's all fine. It was just a precaution. She was delighted. Delighted with life! So, that's today's episode. Hello, Steve Podcast. I think this is episode 95. We're going to keep them going on a, weekly, uh, on a weekly basis. But also, we've got something else exciting for you coming out, ladies and gentlemen. A new podcast to add to Hello Steve Podcast. You're going to be very excited about this one, ladies and gentlemen. I think you're going to love it. Thank you to all the new people who've come along the show. If you want to support this podcast, I had a Patreon towards the end of the the pandemic. I will think about doing that again maybe at another time. Um, however, for now, if you've enjoyed listening to this, if you've made it to the end of this episode, that means that you've enjoyed it. Therefore, do me the solid. Tell at least one person about it. Get the listeners up. Share it on your social media or tell somebody in person. Just go send a text, send a link to somebody. Hey, I really enjoy this guy. There's 94 episodes up. He's a comedian, but he talks about all sorts of stuff as well. Send it on. You'll be doing me the solid. I much appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, Hello Steve Podcast is back and it's good to be back. Peace and love. I'll see you again soon. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 